The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Tuesday, June 29, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and Leaky Black, Matt Norlander, is here with me. And as previously noted, at least once a week in advance of the 2021 NBA Draft, scheduled for July 29th, we're going to be dedicating an episode of the Island College Basketball Podcast to a notable prospect, same way we did in advance of last year's NBA Draft. We started the series a little more than a month ago with a 22-minute profile of Cade Cunningham. Follow that with 22 minutes on Evan Mobley, then 25 minutes on Jalen Suggs, then 22 minutes on Jalen Green, then 25 minutes on Jonathan Kaminga. And today, we turn our attention to another guaranteed lottery pick, former five-star prospect Scotty Barnes. He's a six-foot-nine, 227-pound forward from West Palm Beach, Florida, a 19-year-old with a seven-foot-two wingspan who went to high school in Fort Lauderdale for three years then finished at Montverde Academy in Montverde, Florida, which is more or less suburban Orlando. He was ranked seventh in the class of 2020, according to 24-7 Sports. Had offers from Duke, Kentucky, but he ultimately uh, picked Florida State, where he averaged 10.3 points, 4.1 assists, and 4.0 rebounds in 23.8 minutes per game, while mostly coming off the bench this past season while helping the Seminoles earn a four seed in the NCAA tournament. Nearly everybody has Scotty Barnes somewhere in the top ten. I've seen him as high as third overall. I have him going sixth overall to Oklahoma City. Deadleg, I know you like Scotty Barnes as a prospect. What specifically do you like about Scotty Barnes as a prospect? Well, first of all, who you, who who'd you see with him at three? Because I'm going to have a mock draft, I think, next week, and I'm going to put him at three. I thought I was going to be driving that train. So maybe you don't remember, but still, that's higher than I'd seen anyone else put him there so far. Former... Grizzlies executive John Hollinger, oh. who now works for The Athletic, has Scotty Barnes as his third uh, uh, his third best prospect behind only Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. Look at that. All right. John Hollinger. Good stuff. Like to hear it. Yeah, I'm big on uh, I'm big on Barnes. As you as you noted, he uh, uh, he did uh, he did come off the bench much more often uh, than he started. He only started seven games for Florida State last season, and yet he was the team's most efficient player and its highest usage player, obviously being the you know six eight six nine point guard that he was. Uh, that lent itself to that. So I think that Scotty Barnes, I have him number three because I think that he is the most likely to be the the third best NBA player when we look up eight to ten years from now. Uh, because of his measurables, because of his basketball IQ, because he can play the point, he can also play the wing. He is very dynamic. He can be moved around on offense a lot. Uh, defensively, I think that he is qual- he's a quality player. He has really only 
I think one obvious flaw, but we'll get to that a, a little bit later there. His per 40, by the way, numbers are 16.6 points, 6.4 boards, 6.5 assists, and 2.3 steals. Again, that's per 40. And he's got almost a 7-3 wingspan. So I love him because he's got high IQ on offense, great vision, constantly plays with his head up, big-time competitor. I've I've been in on Scotty Barnes. He's, he's the classic example of a guy we go to watch – Either, you know, what it used to be Vegas, but we don't really go to Vegas anymore, unfortunately. But Or go to Peach Jam, unfortunately. But you go to Peach Jam, there's some top 10, top 15 player in the class playing. You, you see three or four of his games, and it's just so clearly obvious that this player is going to be able to step into college, be an impact player, and you can see it at that age of 17 where, yeah, if this goes the way it should, he should be a lottery pick. And with Scotty Barnes, I, it feels like... Uh, it feels like probably four to four to eight is going to be the likely landing spot there for him. But I'll tell you what, I wonder if where he goes, it's not going to be too much of a matter of fit. And I say that, Parrish, because when you can defend as well as he can defend already, like he's long. I don't think he has super elite defensive instincts, but he's got enough of a combination of natural ability on that end of the floor and want to that makes him easily good enough on defense to validate top five status. When you're that good on defense, and oh, by the way, <laughs> you're as long in a, as he is with good athleticism and you can run the point, play the point, great vision. I, I just think there's so much there. I think it's a combination of there's so much there from a potential standpoint, and then what he already is, I just feel like his floor is so high. That's why I'm all in on him. I just think he's got the body prototype, can distribute, plays defense well, haven't gotten to the shooting, and we will get to that. But that's you know just a quick rundown on why I'm so particularly high on him. And I am, I mean, to, I'm, he's number three. The only guys I would have higher than him are Kate at one, and I would have Jalen Suggs at two. There is no scenario barring injuries where the guy's not in the NBA for a decade making $100 million. I mean, that that's that's if he never develops the stuff that he needs to develop, and we'll get to that, he's in the league for a decade make, and he makes $100 million. Like, that, that's it, barring injury. So when you talk about a floor, like this guy's going to be in the NBA for a long time. We're not we're not debating that. We're debating, okay, exactly what does he become? Is he an all-star or is he a role player? Because I do think both of those things are in play. You have him in the four to eight range, although you you would put him third behind yeah. uh, Cade and, and, and Jalen Suggs. Uh, totally reasonable. You know, I, I have him a little lower, but totally reasonable. I, I think four to eight range is about right. Again, I've got him going six overall to Oklahoma City. And it, it should be noted that Oklahoma City, you know, they got a million draft picks. So if they fall in love or are in love with Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley and Jalen Green and want to go up, they have the stuff to put on the table to try to go up into the top three. I don't know that they will, but you know, there's no guarantee that Oklahoma um, City is going to be picking sixth if they decide that they'd rather pick third or second or even first. But if they do pick sixth and Barnes is available, he, he makes a lot of sense for a franchise that isn't, you know, in, a, in an obvious rebuild. You know, Scotty Barnes is a, a versatile playmaker with unusual passing skills for a player his size. You know, as you pointed out, he played a lot of point guard at Florida State. He plays hard. He plays with incredible energy, incredible competitor, and by all accounts, great character. Like, I don't know Scotty Barnes on a personal level. He's never been to my house. I've never been to his house. But everybody I know who knows him 
absolutely loves him. Like there are no red flags on a personal level. He seems to be just an absolute gem of a young man, great teammate, great worker, terrific on and off the court. He can guard multiple positions. And this is why he's going to be in the NBA for a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can guard multiple positions, actually guarded some point guards as the primary defender while at Florida State, like picked up point guards in the backcourt yeah, and, and pressured them and bothered them, even poked balls away from much smaller players. So he can probably enter the league capable of, of switching one through five which is obviously pretty rare. That gets thrown around a lot. Like, oh, you can switch one through five. But not, not many guys actually can. Uh, Scotty Barnes projects as somebody who either can do that right now or will be able to do it with time. And that seven-foot-two wingspan, that uh, it allows him to get into passing lanes, get deflections, get steals. Just a special and unique defensive prospect. He can play, I think, in the NBA 3-4 and – Small ball five when teams want to go super small mm. because of that seven two wingspan he can bother bigs uh, around the rim he's not a rim protector but he can you know with the way the NBA's played especially in the postseason I, I could see him going small ball five in in moments um, he can naturally do things that ninety nine percent of basketball players his size cannot do and you touched on this he enjoys doing it. Like, he loves to play on the defensive end of the court, which is a huge plus, and among the reasons he's so impactful. On offense, you know, he can take it off the rim and go. He's great in transition, sees the floor. You said he, he's always playing with his head up. That's right. Like, if, you, if you're if you running, and, and he, he'll get it to you. He can see you, and he'll get yeah. it to you. He can make the pass that needs to be made in transition, or he can use those long strides to, to get to the rim. In the half court, he can initiate offense. He's not a quote-unquote point guard. But he played point guard at Florida State. And if you give him a ball screen, he can turn the corner and get all the way to the rim. The big question mark, obviously, is the outside shooting. It feels like a lot of the stuff we talked about with Jonathan Kaminga. Now, he and Kaminga aren't the same players, um, but but they both have the same obvious flaw and question mark. Um, you know, he, he only shot 27.5% from three at Florida State and 62.1% from the free throw line. So that as they say, is the swing skill. Like, if he's forever a non-shooter, he's still useful, still a decade-plus NBA player who will make, you know, 50, 75, $100 million. But if he ever gets that shot, now we're talking about an NBA all-star level talent who makes $250 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, Scotty Barnes, you're 19 years old. Can you be a reliable three-point shooter? If so, you're going to make about two to $300 million more than you will otherwise make. That's what it comes down to. And I honestly, that's whether this is a good pick at three, four, five, six, or a bad pick at three, four, five, six, probably ultimately comes down to that. If he's a non-shooter his entire career, you'll go, ooh, uh, probably shouldn't have gone six in that draft. Good player, good player, probably shouldn't have gone six. If he becomes a shooter, now you might look up in five years and go, Maybe he should have gone number one in that draft. Yeah, that's why I have him three, because I do think he's going to grow into a good shooter. Now, uh, this will be the second straight draft podcast episode where we're going to invoke Ben Simmons. Barnes and Ben Simmons are not um, uh, identical prospects, uh, Barnes now and Simmons when he came out. But um, And Barnes isn't the passer Ben Simmons was, not quite the rebounder Ben Simmons was when he came out at LSU, but in many ways their games are very similar. Um 
if if you told me that we looked up and, and Barnes was at the level that Ben Simmons is now, for all the flack that Simmons has rightfully received, uh, Ben Simmons clearly was still worthy of being a top three pick in that given draft there. We'll see if he can get – if everything else works out, then I still think he could validate, you know, top six or top seven status. But, yes, took 43s last season, only made 11 of them. As you noted, that amounts to 27.5%. And he does not yet have – uh, that ability to create offense. I actually was talking to a couple people over the weekend about Scotty Barnes on this very thing here. Um, the fact that he's not a great shooter, even though he creates well for others, he just he can't create his own shot well or at least reliably enough yet. And this is all, again, this is just all relative to the other kind of guys that would go in the top 10, top 15, who can shoot, who can create well. Barnes isn't at that level. So if you're going to take a player in the top five in the draft and he's not there yet, are you confident enough in two things, that everything else is is so good that it'll make up for that, or, like me, you think that he's going to eventually be able to grow into that? I'm not saying in the first year. I'm saying by year four, year five, will Scotty Barnes be able to be a 35% three-point shooter and someone who can still shoot, you know, high 50s from two-point range. He was actually good inside the arc last season. Now, a lot of this has to do with his length and his offensive rebounding, but he shot 56% from two-point range. So we'll see on that. But I do think, generally speaking for all prospects, like your ability to score and to create, not just to make shots, but be good enough at making shots that it opens up other facets of an NBA offense that helps the players around you. I do think that's a very significant and important feature. Many would say it is the most important feature that any prospect can have regardless of position. That very thing. Barnes is not there yet, and it's why... For the most part, he's not viewed as a top three pick, top four pick, top five pick for many. I just happen to buy into his upside. I think his IQ is great. I think, and I say this in a in a good way. And if you've got a if you've got a child listening, you know, curse word coming here, but he, this is a you'll hear this sometimes as a complimentary phrase. Scotty Barnes has a lot of shit to his game. He has a natural understanding of how it's played, but there's also a toughness there, an awareness, and the fact that he has, it's, he has, he understands the flows of possessions, right? He can anticipate how a defense will react before it does, and I think he does that in transition in the half court. I think he is borderline elite in that realm, GP, so that's why I like him in that regard. I like him as much as pretty much any prospect in this draft, but the shooting is an undeniable concern at this point, and if you don't get there, then of course, like you could have a pretty good player, or a decent player, but not a great player. Yeah, you know, again, he'll he'll be in the NBA as as a non shooter because he can do so many other things really, really well. Um, but if he can ever get the shot, and it's wild how often we talk about this with elite prospects. Like you've been playing your whole life, <laughs> you know. Like I, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously more complicated. It's obviously more complicated than that. But it is wild how often we're talking about elite. NBA prospects who just cannot make a shot. And here we are again. But but if, if he ever gets that, and, like, if he doesn't get it, it won't be because he didn't put the work in. You know, to circle back to Ben Simmons, um, one of the knocks on Simmons, it appears to be, is that, yeah, he can't shoot. He doesn't put the work in. He doesn't work. You know, that, that that's, that's at least what some people say. I, I'm not in the gym with Ben Simmons. I don't know. But that certainly is is – is, has been said about Ben Simmons. Um, the reasons he, the, the, the biggest reason he hasn't developed in the ways he needs to develop is because he doesn't put in the work. That is not going to be an issue with Scotty Barnes. Right. By all accounts, he'll put in the work. I'm certain he's already putting in the work. Like if he never becomes a competent shooter, 
a real threat to do something besides score at the rim, it won't be because he didn't put in the work. It'll just be because it, it's not there. And so I, if I'm a franchise, you know, considering him in the top six, seven, eight, uh, I, I'm not worried about, well, like, is this guy gonna, is this guy gonna put in the work to become what we need him to become? He'll put in the work and then we'll see what happens. Um, it, it is interesting because I, I, I know some people might look at the, per game stats and go, you know what? You have fewer than 10 points a game. As we've talked about before, you um, you can never pay attention to that when it comes to Florida State players. The entire That's team averages between <laughs> yeah. nine and, I nine and 14 gonna, points. I thought you were going to go with, and I agree with this, like you just got to watch them play and it's clear, but yes, it is phenomenal. Go t- t- tell, tell everyone if they've forgotten what the deal with Florida State players is. I don't know how Leonard Hamilton does this, but the whole team averages between nine and 14 points per game. I mean, there are exceptions to yes. that, obviously. But, but like, Patrick Williams, last, two seasons ago, came off of Florida State's bench, just like Scotty Barnes did the subsequent season, and averaged 9.2 points, 4.0 rebounds, and 22.5 minutes per game. He was the fourth pick in last season's draft. And then as a rookie, averaged 9.2 points, 4.6 rebounds, and 27.9 minutes per game with the Chicago Bulls. Patrick Williams averaged the exact same amount of points at Florida State and in his rookie season in the NBA. Uh, for whatever it's worth, Scotty Barnes was actually more productive in a similar role at the same school as the guy who went fourth in last year's draft. So, um, I, 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 you know, I know you might go, some people might go, so a guy that came off the bench for a pretty good but not great team and scored fewer than 10 points per game is maybe going to be a top five pick? And the answer to that is yes. And you can take all of that other stuff and just throw it over to the side because as it pertains to this discussion, what Scotty Barnes' average per game does not matter to anybody. That 27.5 three-point percentage does matter to everybody. But how many points he scored doesn't matter at all. The other stuff, you just have to watch it. It's there. And, you know, it, it's why he, he, he'll, he's going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars, even without a shot. But, boy, you get that shot, now you got something special. Yeah, and Patrick Williams did not start a game. It just speaks to last year's draft versus this year's draft. Patrick Williams didn't start a game, went fourth. Uh, Scotty Barnes in last year's draft, I think, is just a no doubt about it. Like, you know, if he had produced – what he did this year and he was in last year's draft, he'd be a top three pick no matter what. Like Patrick Williams went fourth. He had a solid r- rookie season with, uh, with the Chicago Bulls. It just, it does, again, it just speaks to the, the depth, you know, top six, seven picks overall in this year's draft. And I remember us talking a couple weeks ago on this pod about how it seemed like there was a you know, top four, top five. I still think that's the case with the guys we've already done the podcast on, but man, I just, Scotty, Scotty Barnes, man. And if he falls, you, you've got him at six, right? I've got him sixth. And that's Oklahoma City if I – I don't have the list in front of me. If I remember that's right. That, Orlando picks fifth. I mean, fifth. that is if, – if, yeah, if you're a Thunder fan and you get Barnes at six, you should be elated, okay? Because defensively, I think that's a uh, – pairing up with Lou Dort in the backcourt, I mean, they'll, uh, there will be some nice early pieces. I understand they've got 1,400 draft picks in the next four years. So, But if he falls to six, I can already tell you right now on CBS Sports HQ that night – there'll be a the OKC will be among my top three winners. You know, winners and losers from every draft. We got to do the knee jerk stuff. If you get Barnes at six with what they're doing there, that would be incredible. I'll be interested to see though, and we got about a month to go here before the draft. I, I feel like Barnes is the one player as much as any other whose 
bump could be significant into the top three, top four, top five. That's kind of seen outside of that. I could see that happening there as we wind down the playoffs and we really ramp up into the pre-draft process. I'll tell you another factor because of the way this lottery shook out is that, you know, you got Orlando picking fifth, total rebound, nothing. I mean, they got rid of veterans. They got nothing, but, you know, their future, whatever it looks like, is is designed around guys who are 19, 20, 21 years old right now. And Oklahoma City, total rebound, same thing. So those are the franchises picking five and six. And we talked about, you know, great character, no off-court issues, you know, infectious smile and energy, all these great intangibles with Scotty Barnes. Like that matters to a franchise like Orlando building around other young players and Oklahoma City building around other young players because I can just tell you with the Grizzlies organization – you know, they have, you know, they thought they were going through a long rebuild and then they got lucky in the lottery, drafted John Morant and they were in the playoffs. You know, they went from blowing it up and moving Mark Gasol and Mike Conley, you know, after a stretch that included seven straight playoff appearances and they blew it up. They said, okay, it's time that this is, it, this is over. Now it's time to hit reset, just like franchises do in the NBA all the time. And it was supposed to be a several year thing. And then they were on the verge of the playoffs and Jaws rookie year and in the playoffs and Jaws. Uh, second year and now they project as a playoff team going forward like the rebuild didn't take that long and you know for people who don't follow it closely like the Grizzlies and Jaws rookie season were supposed to finish last in the west this past season they were supposed to finish like 12th in the west they have overachieved two straight years and with with like relying on I mean these are players in the rotation um so how did this happen how, how are you so much better than you were supposed to be so quickly they prioritized high character like they they drafted a certain type, like Jaron Jackson Jr. Like moved to Memphis and moved to the suburbs. Like like if I were a multimillionaire living in Memphis, I I you know I was a I was a bear, I was I, at a college I was making sixty thousand dollars like living in downtown Memphis. But, you know like I was just off of Bill Street, and I thought this was always interesting. Jaron Jackson Jr. moved to the suburbs. John Morant moved to the suburbs with his parents, moved his parents here. He lives with his parents. Um, DeAnthony Melton lives in the suburbs. I said, I said, why, why did you, he said, like, yeah, I moved out to Cairo. I bought a house in Cairo, which is a really nice suburb of Memphis. I said, why'd you move out there? He's like 20, 22 years old, single. What do you move out there for? I wanted to have a yard for my dog. That's what he prioritized. <laughs> wanted to have a yard for his dog. So they really prioritized high character, Guys who don't want to be in the club want to play basketball. That's what they care about. Now, I'm not saying any of these guys are perfect, but there, there's a type, and and they have um, capitalized on it. And Scotty Barnes, this is my point, it, like would be perfect with the young Grizzlies core. And so if you are trying to, you know, set the right tone with your young guys, because I remember talking, you know, with some former NBA players I, I work with, one of the things they said about the quote unquote process, like you remember when like Jalil Okafor was fighting in the streets, you know, and that all that stuff went down. Like he was in a bar, he was in a fight in the streets after leaving the club. One of the things some former NBA players who I work with told me was the thing you forget when you're just like, let's tear it down, get a bunch of lottery picks and let's put them all together. If they don't have anybody to lead them or if some of them are, you know, wired a certain way, you got a bunch of young guys who are, you know, they got money for the first time ever and they're out every night in the clubs as a star. 
um, you know, they don't mind losing because all they're hearing is that, hey, you're supposed to be losing. It's not a big deal. You're rebuilding. This is fine. This is the way it's supposed to be. It's like you get too much of that on the same roster, you got a problem. Um, you know, it, it, you got, if you're going to have a lot of young guys, you got to have some veterans in there to lead them who are about the right stuff or preferably young guys who are about the right stuff. Scotty Barnes is about the, about the right stuff. That's what I'm saying. And if you are Orlando or Oklahoma City picking fifth or sixth, that is exactly the type of guy you want to be a part of your young core. Uh, he's not going to take anybody and pull them the wrong direction. If he has to take people and pull them the right direction, he's got the type of personality and, and, uh, and, and all of the other things that go with it to, to suggest um, that he's capable of doing it. So that, that's, again... The reason he's going to be drafted in the top five, six, seven, eight is because he's six foot nine with a seven foot two wingspan, who a guy who can guard multiple positions. All the stuff we've already talked about, but his focus and character and personality, like th- those, are all pluses. You put him in the plus column, and uh, he's got a chance to be to be really, really, really special in that league. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Jonathan Motley, legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys. Once again, for listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. And either way, we're going to talk to you again a little later on this week. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast, And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life, while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viori.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viori clothing.